so welcome to the Madhouse Pod podcast. It is Madhouse Presents Group Therapy, where we talk about games, argue about our different viewpoints, dive into the strange or whatever we decide in the moment. My name is Owls, and I have over here... Joker! <laughs> is that going to be you today? Okay. Yeah, that's me today. Uh, today, we're going to talk about Phasmophobia, the game itself, the equipment within the game, and similarities or differences in real-life application. start with just kind of going over the game aspects of it and then I will start to kind of go over the the real life aspect of it okay so you want to separate the game first talk about them mm -hmm. what they do kind of thing okay mm -hmm. and see if there's anything kind of the same on it so there's a lot of different pieces of equipment sorry <laughs> we've got the dots projector. So that is a new piece of equipment that's come out in the last couple of updates. It is literally dots that are projected all over and it's considered laser lights and it shows you the movement of the ghost. So a ghost can walk through it and you can see the kind of gray shape of the ghost. Mm-hmm. So that is, these are things that are going to be used as evidence. So with the dots projector, using it in the game, you can both see it according to what my experience with the game. You can both see it in your own screen, i.e. Your, your character's eye, and also through digital screens using um, video cameras from what I've seen. So if you have someone in the van they can also see the shadow projected through the dots uh, field. Yes. And there's actually a ghost type that you can only see it through video camera. Which so, one was that? I, I can't remember. remember off the top of my head. I just know that there is one. We'll definitely probably hit that when we go back to the ghost types mm -hmm. later on. Okay. Uh, but that is one of the things. That's a newer one. So that was really different. It was kind of terrifying the first time because it, it kind of ran towards me uh, and it's a little bit of a finicky one because it takes a while i feel like with that particular one for it to show up yeah i think my first interaction with with that was when uh atari stars uh one of our for our audio audience um atari stars is one of the admins with myself a part of the madhouse community and she got me back into phasmo uh, with the newest update that added some of these pieces of equipment. And I was watching her through a camera in front of the dots projection, projection, and she screamed bloody murder when that thing just ran at her in the through the j dots. And it was on the new map, too. Oh, yeah, I can imagine that. We probably did that one together, honestly. Probably. Or maybe you did it before me because we did the campfire thing. Yeah, <laughs> we just yeah. kind of hung oh, out around the, the campfire. campfire, and then, and then I, I beat you in cornhole. Yeah, fuck off. 
but I beat you in <laughs> rings, so it's all good. That's fine. You know, we got to have balance here in our friendship. <laughs> I don't know about much about balance, but we've got balance. something. Balance. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I know I'm I know I'm at a higher level. <laughs> Oof. I'm just Oh, yeah. You set me up for that. I did. I did. You did. <laughs> okay, so after the dots, uh, we have the EMF reader. It's the, I believe that stands for electromagnetic field reader. Yes. So it is in the in the game. It's got, it's like a, it looks almost like a remote. And it has the five dots on the top that change in color based off of how high the activity is. It is used in the game for evidence getting all the way to a five, but it can also be used to notate where the ghost may be or that there's an activity event happening. Yeah, so EMF in-game is... It sucks because when the ghost is actively hunting in-game, it just goes haywire. It, it fluctuates wildly, making a lot of noise, making a lot of issues for players because you, if you need... EMF evidence as one of your options and it's going off during an active hunt that doesn't count. Correct. But typically from what I've understood being in the game with different people and playing with a variety of individuals, to my understanding it is commonly known to be collected as evidence when it goes above a three I think. I don't know if it's commonly, but there is a higher likelihood that it's going to turn into a five if it gets that high. But I have seen where it's just goes to three. It's just a high level activity. It has to get all the way to that fifth dot, the red dot or level five for it to be evidence. Yeah. And then occasionally, um, of course, with future updates that the glitches in that may change, but there have been occasions uh, known throughout the community that it would be stuck at a four consistently outside of hunt and that is usually guessed to be the evidence of emf5 correct yeah there's definitely with any game there's glitches this, oh, yeah. is, this is this is one known for many fun glitches as well as very frustrating ones oh yeah and <laughs> one of the fun glitches that I found is what I actually used as a GIF for the Twitter announcement of mm -hmm. our uh, going live tonight is circling a counter with a ghost, just running it in circles mm -hmm. and it not coming, yeah. not phasing through the actual object that you're running it around. So that yeah. that's always a fun glitch. Which is interesting that it wouldn't be able to go through anything. Yeah, it anything. just goes around. It's but like, it'll it'll obviously open up doors and come at you. Yeah, definitely. Like Even it, though it doesn't see doors, which is strange to me. Yeah, it opens them, but it doesn't see them. Or maybe that's just when we're ghosts when we die. Uh, yeah, maybe. In the game, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Uh, speaking of ghosts interacting with the physical world, there is the ghost writing book, which is basically a journal with a with a pen or a writing apparatus of some sort. 
It literally is exactly what you think it is. It's the ghost writes in it. And it can vary from different things where it says die, go away, that kind of thing. Or it can just be complete gibberish or like doodles. Which is what I've seen. Most, mostly I see doodles. Yeah, I, I, I kind of like the old version of the ghost writing a little bit better. Because it was more terrifying when you first see it. It's like die, 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 die. Mm-hmm. This is more of a fine-tuned, like they're actually writing something to you. Yeah, so the, that yeah, there's a difference between them, definitely. And I've seen sigils. Um, yes, like the demonic different. sigils, satanic sigils, uh, witchcraft sigils, all mixed in. Uh, there are occasions I I've rarely seen it, but I have seen it. So yeah, it's not normally seen. Uh. Next thing with communication is the spirit box. It is basically, it it looks like a walkie-talkie to me, I think. But it's a radio kind of uh, frequency that is used for communication. In the game, you ask questions and it responds to you. And it's very clear, the response. So you can say, and it's a set of questions. So generally, how old are you? Where are you? Are you friendly? Are you here? Those kinds of things. So basic questions, and you'll get a response. If that's the evidence, of course. Yeah. Um, Which they've changed it, the way that they respond. It's very interesting. Now, I don't know if it's still effective today in modern updates as of, what, February 9th, 2022. Uh, But originally... I noticed that you could also, if you forgot to purchase or put in a spirit box, you could use the house radios, the radios in the rooms or something of that nature that causes that static. I was able to collect that evidence off of the radios as well. I had no idea. I've never done that. So Again, I haven't seen honestly, it. Honestly, I have no idea. I, have never, I haven't seen it being used recently. However, it has been in the past something that I have used. I mean, that makes sense because it's, while the spirit box is, of course, a specific type of evidence that you have to purchase in the game, the radio should do the same thing because it's using radio frequencies. Mm-hmm. I've never done it. I'll have to see. I'll have to do some research. Test on that it one. out and not have anybody yeah. bring a spirit box in. Yeah, definitely. That would be an interesting way to do it. Nice. All right. And then another piece of evidence as well as finding the room is considered the thermometer, which you just kind of walk around. And this is at this point with the, the update, you have to have the power on that warms the house up first before you can really use that as a piece of evidence or locating the ghost room. I use Celsius, so my gauge is different than most people because I kind of just went into the game and immediately used whatever was laid in front of me, and I didn't change it to Fahrenheit. <laughs> so my my gauge of where the ghost room is is under 10 degrees Celsius, but freezing is like when it starts to get down to the threes and then it starts to go negative. And of course, you can see your breath, but that's a an initial indication of it. 
And also for those that are listening elsewhere in the world outside of the continental United States, you use the metric system, so therefore you would use Celsius anyway. Uh, being a standard system of measurement, the United States uses Fahrenheit. Now, one thing that I've noticed as far as an easy separation at 10 degrees Celsius is 50 degrees Fahrenheit. And then, of mm. course, zero degrees or freezing temps is 32 Fahrenheit. Uh, and then anything below 32 Fahrenheit is sub-freezing temperatures. And then... Fun fact, when you get to negative 40 degrees, it is the same on both Fahrenheit and Celsius. Negative 40? Mm-hmm. It's ex- How is that possible? It's the, How- it's the different measurements between the standard and the uh, metric system. It just, hmm. for whatever reason, I don't know. I, don't un- I-, I wasn't there it's when like they the created the, it's the meeting point. It's like That's if you get to a certain Kelvin level of um, heat or hotness, uh, it's the same as well. I think it's like like all three measurements, Kelvin, Fahrenheit, and Celsius all meet at a certain level too. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. That's like going back to like school where it's like if the train goes at this degree or this miles per hour and this train goes this at what point would they meet so it's kind of i guess that's the same thing in the concept and uh since we're talking about real versus fiction and everything in the metric versus standard one thing that i thought that i heard was actually pretty interesting to kind of look at as far as the different measuring um techniques is you've got three universal standards right now you've got celsius fahrenheit and kelvin which are the three primary Mm -hmm. talked about uh temperature gauging uh measurement systems well if you look at it like this it actually makes a lot of sense and it's absolutely insane how much sense this makes when you think about it so you've got celsius with celsius or the metric system you measure the temperatures of water where it freezes, where it melts, where it boils. Uh-huh. Fahrenheit is for the human body. Where you freeze to death, where you're comfortable, and when you burn to death. And Kelvin is typically for metals, where it melts, where it solidifies, and where it evaporates. Okay, that makes sense. I'm, I've never really thought about Kelvin in general. Yeah, because Kelvin so is make... a lot higher in temperature gauging. Like, the sun is measured in Kelvin. Um, when you look okay. at Kelvin as far as light temperatures, i.e. in cameras, they're measured by Kelvin. So, 3,200, mm. like, thousands of degrees. Huh. Oh, that's it? Yeah, thousands of degrees. <laughs> Yeah, no problem. <laughs> but yeah, I found that yeah. I actually heard that on TikTok. Oh, yeah, TikTok teaches you things. Surprisingly. What do you need what do you need to go to school for? You got TikTok. Right? <laughs> you got TikTok, Google. I mean, you got the book of Google. The yeah, what uh, do you need anything for? The the uh radio of TikTok. I mean, what do you need anything else for? Yeah. YouTube, you can find all the things on YouTube that oh, you need to yeah. 
you need to build some, just go to YouTube. Just YouTube. Just YouTube it. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to start your own ghost hunting, just go to YouTube. And that's how you get <laughs> ghost facers. <laughs> uh, the next thing on the identifying or the evidence-seeking equipment, it would be the UV light, which is basically... I mean, any UV light, kind of like a black light, I guess, is the easiest way to describe it for anybody that doesn't know what it is already. Just that purple light that kind of shows things, and it will illuminate footprints or uh, fingerprints, handprints into like a green, a bright green color, like a glow-in-the-dark green. And that's used to kind of track where the ghost is and, and kind of where it's touched, where it's been, and of course, it's one of the pieces of evidence. All right, um, UV light or ultraviolet light. Um, yeah, what I know, really what I know about this is based, of course, in science classes that I've taken in high school. What I've learned, um, since then between the interwebs and, uh, YouTube, Google, all that good jazz. But yeah, ultraviolet light is another light spectrum. And, I mean, forensic artists use it to illuminate or separate the light uh, bouncing off of certain types of chemicals or materials or what have you. And they considered, from what I understand, it is considered an application not as effective as it is in video games, but it's just there. It's based on the fact that it's bringing to life something that is not visible to the naked eye. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. I mean, it's the same thing like with black lights. There's a whole slew of things that you don't want to see when you have a black light on. Mm. Yeah, you want to see what <laughs> someone's been up to in the bed? <laughs> or anywhere else in a house? Bring a bra- black light. Yeah. It's not like you are going to say bring a bra. <laughs> yeah, don't bring a bra, because it probably wasn't used prior to that anyway. <laughs> yeah, I definitely wouldn't want to bring a black light to a hotel room. That would be not something I need to know about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next kind of thing would be the video camera. Very standard. Everyone knows it like a camcorder of some sort. It is used for kind of your live feed of kind of... A, a person could walk around and have it and with the new update it actually shows the the preview or the video as you're walking around it is used to to uh, look for orbs or just regular activity as previously mentioned with the dots sometimes you need a video camera to see the orbs or the 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 shadow figure through the dots and it is used in both night vision and normal. Yeah. So I, how I found out about it was just going into the new game and playing with it because I didn't have a flashlight because apparently someone didn't have enough money for uh, extra flashlights. So when I pulled it up, I was like, oh, this is cool. It's got a little preview screen like a real camcorder now. Mm-hmm. And... I pulled it out and it opened. I was like, how do you turn it on? It's not turning on. Well, you got to walk out of the van for it to turn on to activate. 
And I was like, well, I got this. Oh, it's got a night vision mode. Yay. So I started walking around with that. That was cool. I know that Atari has used it before when she is not able to use a flashlight. Yeah. <laughs> so she's used that instead. Trust me, I've I've thought about no alternative light sources either, but that's too cruel in a game, especially when you're in, what was it, y'all were in the insane asylum or the prison? I couldn't remember. Prison. It could have been a number of different <laughs> places. But yeah, the camcorder can be uh, used by itself or set up... Um, on a tripod which is right next to us that's the optional pieces of equipment that are used for different parts of the game as previously stated the tripod basically we know what a tripod is but if you don't it, you just put the camera on top of it and you can adjust the camera view wherever you want it to be yeah. There's also the alternative to the video camera. So say you forget to put a video camera for whatever reason in the truck. You can use the head-mounted camera. That you do not have a preview of, but it is good for the person in the van or truck to use the monitors to watch everything and use it to get orbs or just see where the the teammates are. Yeah, and... um the the reason why I think they added that is because one, you could freeze up your hands in a non VR setting and you can carry more items that way. But also, um, and and we'll talk about this more because I think it was in one of your list of IRL items as well as like a GoPro, mm -hmm. um, and it's literally just a head strap with a GoPro on your head, so. You can get them now or versions of GoPros that can uh, project video. However, most of the time they have to be then downloaded or have the SD card pulled out and then reviewed later. Correct. Yes. There is. Next, we've got the crucifix, which is a cross for all intents and purposes. It is used to stop hunts. So basically it has a number of uses and it will burn up when each use has been done. I believe it's what, two or three, two uses? And then uh, it's done for. I, th I think that with the new update, it's only two uses. Um, yes. However, previously, once it was used, it was done anyway. It broke or inflamed in a sense. And that was it. I think it I think it only broke in the first one. It didn't get lit up because I remember when they come out with the update and it of oh, course everything yeah. looked different and then it started to have that red kind of like it burnt look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll go with that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh of course we've talked about the flashlight. There's basically I mean it's a flashlight. It's just used to see around and it's the basic flashlight where you're just looking and it's kind of a dimmer light. Versus the strong flashlight, which is a bigger area, brighter light. Yeah, so flashlight, there are two variations of the generic flashlight. One being uh, the generic flashlight that you start out with, everybody has um, available to them as a starting item. And then the strong flashlight, which is a purchasable item that 
has more focused, uh, higher lumen uh, count to it if you were to bring it into an IRL standing. So kind of like your old D-cell battery flashlights versus an LED flashlight, a bulb versus LEDs. Basically, yeah. <laughs> as a as another option, that is this one. This next one is the glow stick. So this can be used for a number of different things. It is, I would consider it an alternative for the UV light mm -hmm. because you can use it to also identify fingerprints and footprints and all the different handprints there, as well as you can use it as your light source. It's not super bright, but it can be used as a light source. And, and I would kind of say the same thing as the UV light. You could use that as a light source if you wanted to, even though it's kind of dark. Yeah, and the biggest difference between the glow stick and the uh, UV light or the strong flashlight or flashlight is that the ghost cannot turn this glow stick off. Yes. So it doesn't flicker. It doesn't do anything. It cannot be altered. Its light source cannot be altered by the entity that you are hunting in game. Whereas the candle, for the most part, is not affected by electricity, i.e. batteries do not get drained around the ghostly figures. Mm -hmm. But with the candle, it can be blown out. Yes. And the candle is, of course, another light source. Uh, and that that is used also for the objective of the ghost blowing it out, like you said. Yeah. So uh, that's another. There's no like real application other than the visual part and the optional objectives that you can do during the game. Yeah, optional objectives um, are a few other things that in these uh, alternate or optional uh, things that you can purchase for the game during each of your hunts uh, and most are consumables like and we'll get into the consumables in the later portion of this section but mm -hmm. um, candles aren't necessarily considered consumables but they do offer that presence or even I've seen I don't know if it's changed in the last update but it has been considered a ghost event as well when they blow them out I'm not sure if it's considered a ghost event. I would think it would be because if they appear and they blow it out, I mean, that's an interaction of some sort. Yeah, and most of the time ghost events are when they pick up items and toss them across the room or mm -hmm. appear in general. Yeah. Or, or turn on lights that are off as well. What about turning off? You think that would consider? Do they do that? Do they turn them off? Technically, yes. Or they can overload the breaker and turn everything off. But the safe bet as far as the ghost event is them picking things up and moving them. Gotcha. There is... Outside of the candle, this isn't necessarily a light source, but it is something that is lit up in a way. The smudge sticks, which are kind of like... The easiest way to explain it, at least in my mind, is like... I'm thinking I'm incense. on the word like incense, like a, like a big, big, like wad of incense. It is used to 
prevent attacks by kind of trapping the ghost in an area. Some of the ghosts are trapped when you do that. There is, it cleanses the area, and then it is also used to repel the ghost. So if they're coming for you during a hunt, it is used to kind of make it go away and alter its course. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's what you got for that one? Yes. <laughs> you, you you covered everything on that one. Yeah. Well, I get I've I've used them every now and again. I can never quite get it right, I don't think. So Yeah, with the and, new mechanic that they have, I either burn it too early or too late. Yeah, you got to wait cuz it cuz the ghost doesn't start hunting right away. At least that was one of the updates. And then you have to wait for it to see you and start following you and your heartbeat to go off before you can really do the smudge stick. Really? See, I remember even if it wasn't hunting, it, if you smudged the room that it was in, it would stop hunting for the most part or just be less active depending on the the style of the ghost. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, definitely there's a particular ghost that it'll keep it from wandering. I've I know that there's one or two of those, but as far as a hunt to repel it, I've never seen that. that. I've never seen that happen. Like you've never seen a ghost We're being repelled or shut down during a hunt because of it. It's a little tricky one. I haven't been able to really I don't think successfully do it. <laughs> no. That's like I still haven't I think I've had one successful uh, repel from the crucifix. Yeah. I I just can never... And I am I always get nervous because then I'm gonna... I feel like I'm gonna be the one to die in the game. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. I'm not good at the hunts. I get too... I get too... quick to do it. And so then it doesn't work. Or I freak out and drop it. And see, I'm I'm great at aggravating the ghost. Oh, yeah. I can see that. I am perfect. I call that Karen out like a motherfucking rye stick. Come here, bitch. Yeah, you're pretty I'm the good dean. at aggravating. I am the Dean Winchester of phasmophobia. Ah, uh, got it. I'm just not as handsome and I don't have as much hair. Gotcha. What about your car? Do you have a car like that? <laughs> I wish. That would be nice. Right? And I know that car has been through like a lot too in the show. I, I didn't quite finish it, but I just remember a couple of times where it Oof. had to be like fully repaired. <laughs> God damn, I've I've been through every episode of every season four times by now. Four times? That's a lot. How many seasons are there? Nine, nine or ten. I feel like I feel like there's more for some reason. Maybe I just built it up in my head. Now, they do have tip longer season, like more episodes per season than most TV shows. Um, I know the first six seasons came out in, by 2011 and 12 because I watched mm -hmm. all six seasons back to back and one at our like season six ended. I went back to season one three times while wow. I was in Afghanistan. Oh, that makes sense. Duh. But yeah, I think it was 10 years. Hold on. I'll look this up while you, while you move on. <laughs> well, 
Well, I'll just move on to something kind of quick and, and light, pun intended. Lighter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is exactly what a lighter is. Used to light things up, such as the candle and the smudge stick. I don't know if there's any other use for it in the game. It can I guess it could be used as another light source where you walk around, but very a very minimalistic kind of light source. Oof. Yeah, that that yeah. light source is as good as the light source in uh Green Hell. It absolutely sucks. I've only played that game like once or twice. It's unforgiving. Yeah, so um <laughs> yeah, the lighter can you can light up um candles that are already in the house. Mm-hmm. Um of course lighting the smudge stick and your candles that you use. And it also for the cursed item, the summoning circle. Mm-hmm. Use it for that as well. Which is consisting of numerous candles. Yes. <laughs> so just candles and smudge sticks is pretty much what it's used for. Alright, so the answer to the question of Supernatural, it it is a TV series that lasted from 2005 to 2020, or 2020. Um, hmm. And it has had 15 active seasons with 327 episodes. I told you it was more seasons than you said. You said nine or ten. I did. I was like, I, was I think it's much more. Yep. Because I remember seeing it. The final episode, uh, or the first episode, aired on September 13th, 2005, and the last episode aired on November 19th, 2020. Wow. That's a long run. There are very few shows that lasted longer than... 15 seasons, one of them being Star Trek. Or Grey's Anatomy. How many episodes was, or how many seasons was that? That's, I think they're on season 16 right now. Oh, okay. It's it's a lot. I watched it all through my maternity leave (laughs) to catch up, because it's a whole lot of episodes. Ooh, 18 seasons. Oh, yeah, and there is rumor that they're going to revisit Supernatural with a 16th season. I'm sure with the age of, what is it? What is it called? Revivals. Mm-hmm. That's a possibility. Definitely. Oh, absolutely. Especially as hot of a topic as that is with the fandom that they've generated from that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Definitely. It's a good one. I'll have to go back and, and watch it. And I'll oh, use it as yeah. research. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, uh, I will absolutely have a series on Supernatural. <laughs> so I'll have to do some research for that. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Sorry, I, I get excited. About you get real excited about that one. I love Supernatural. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, right. moving on. <laughs> uh, so there's a. Outside of the light sources, we're kind of moving on to different things here, is salt. Very simple. It's like your normal table, not even table salt. It's like the the can that you get, kind of. Yeah, it's is a that bulk, a, is that a a good bulk way? order of table yeah, salt. Basically. And it's just used to just create piles, and we're just creating some more trash in this person's home. Mm-hmm. We're just making a mess so that they have to clean it up later. But basically, it's used to reveal the footprints, kind of see where the ghost is walking. It's used 
in a way to to see if it's roaming. Yeah. All right. Uh, next, we've got the motion sensor. Yep, same kind of concept with seeing where the ghost is. Instead of having to be in the house, well, not necessarily in the house with salt, but you can be in the truck. You put the motion sensor on the wall, wherever you kind of notate it, and it'll detect the changes, the movement from the van. Yeah. Um, if you haven't ever played Supernatural, or excuse me, Supernatural. Phasma. If you. All right. <laughs> Rewind. <laughs> if you have never played Phasmophobia, in the van is considered the safe zone because it's outside the domain of whatever building that you are hunting in or ghost hunting in because you're not actually hunting. They're being hunted. Uh, um, there is a set of monitors on one of the walls. And with that, it notates where the players are, kind of like if you had say one of those little apple little tracker things on people it's a it shows mm -hmm. the beacons of where people are at within the blueprint of the building and also when you place those motion sensors up it basically does a little line of activation um, from that location of the motion sensor in front of it Yes, definitely. And it, within, is it the same area? So kind of in the same realm is the sound sensor, which is the same thing where you put it on the wall and it senses sounds and vibrations. Yeah, so the biggest problem, though, with motion sensors and sound sensors is that it can be activated by the players as well as the entity. So you have to understand that there are people there and because if you have your skittish little friend who's afraid to go in the house, then they're going to be freaking out because they are hearing beeps left and right <laughs> from the motion sensor going off and look over and don't see a player dot there because they're in the activation beam on the monitoring system. And they're like, oh my God, there's something there. No doofus, <laughs> I'm moving in front of it. That's what's happening. Yeah, I'm there. I find it odd that the motion and the sound sensor are activated by players within the game, but things like, like I said, the salt. If I walk or over not. that, it's not going to have my foot there. Why is why is that where it's a physical realm? I guess they it, they their their ideas. Oh, hey. Uh, people are smart enough not to step in the salt when they're being chased by an entity that is a ghastly entity that is trying to destroy their life force. But you still no. have the common sense <laughs> not to step into salt that's just laying in random spots all over the ground. In theory. In but, theory. But there are times where it's like all bundled up in one spot. And yeah. you would think you would think that you would see the mounds turn into like scattered salt or your own footprint in there, but it is not affected by you. Yeah, it's, it's game physics, you know. It's like yeah. what the fuck? Like really? Come on! It's it's like their attempt to be realistic, but then also not realistic all at the same time. Yeah. So that's definitely that's definitely one of those things. So. 
The next one, I feel like you have used this more than I have. So I can tell you the basic features of it, but the actual practice of it, I haven't really quite figured out. It's the parabolic microphone. It's kind of like, it looks like a satellite, you know, back in the day when Dish Network came by, they put that big thing on your on your roof. It looks like that, but a smaller version. You're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. So you're carrying around a little Dish Network satellite connected to like, almost like an air horn looking thing. And it can sense sounds from a great distance is what it says. And it's, it's utilized as a portable sound sensor. So you don't have to go to the van to see it. And it doesn't detect, I don't believe it detects in-game player sounds. Not, which is odd. Not that it doesn't amplify. Um, mm -hmm. So what I what I my experience was was before the update and the redesign on the parabolic microphone, which has always looked like a damn satellite dish. Like you see old eighties <laughs> uh, spy movies, you see them with this big old dish and this little twirling piece in the center, and then and they point it at a window and they can hear stuff. Well, it's yes. same concept is all of that. The practical use is to amplify the ambient noise so that you can hear it at a greater distance. It's kind of like if you turn up the gain on a microphone or if you get a pair of uh, electronic shooting uh, headphones, you can turn up the, the gain in it and you can hear things at a greater distance. Um, it's not necessarily activated by the ghost, but you're not, the characters don't like scream in your ear if you point it at a character and they're talking in game or using the push to talk feature. Imagine if it did, how obnoxious that would be. Yeah. You point it towards a character and then they say something and you're just like, there goes my ears, they're bleeding. Yeah. Or they're screaming when you point it in that direction. Oh my God. I could see that happening with some some players I have had the privilege, privilege to be around. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, so really all it does is say if a ghost is whispering, it you can get a general idea of what direction it's coming from versus and you can use it from outside like pointing it through a window. So if a ghost is audibly active in a particular area, you can hear that. Through, from the outside looking into like the windows in the living room or a bedroom. So does it also detect like things like the ghost throwing things or opening I doors? Have, I have not heard any of that. I've only heard like slight voices similar to what you would hear in the spirit box. Mm -hmm. But that's about it. Okay. Because I, I always got confused because I've played a number of times and, and some players use the microphone and they start saying numbers and I don't understand any of that and I don't know how to use it. I should eventually try to use it, but it's just... If I remember correctly, uh, the numbers on it are representing uh, decibel levels. So the more... Mm -hmm. the, the more of a decibel gain that it has, it's going to say that it's more activity in that area Which because sense, yeah. now I mean I guess 
that may have taken the place of using um, the amplifying side of it to hear the actual voices where it just tracks now the decibel levels of the sound in that area. Gotcha. Yeah. I'll have to, one of these days, actually try to use it and try to be successful. And figure out what it represents. <laughs> yes, definitely. Uh, another thing that is kind of optional is the photo camera so it's same as any photo camera but it's like the one outside of your phone <laughs> not a lot of people have cameras like this anymore it's just your your basic camera and it does have that preview feature now if i'm remembering correctly no it's it's had a post uh image um like so it's a disposable it's representative of a small dslr or disposable camera and previously, mm -hmm. you couldn't see anything on the screen until you actually took the picture, and then it would give you a three to five second preview of what image you took on the camera, but then it would go back to black. Um, now, I think what you're talking about is it shows you an active image in the mm -hmm. back screen um, of what the camera sees. Now, of course... The camera's use has been used for different things, like in uh, anything below professional. They say if you take a picture of the dead body, there's insurance. I don't know if that's still the case in the new updates. I believe so. I think you still get it even in professional. I haven't noticed or seen when you die and someone takes a picture of my body, because I don't know if anybody gives a rat's ass anymore, because we always play <laughs> on professional. Um, but, uh, also it, to collect evidence as far as fingerprints, you can do that. So you may not necessarily see the fingerprints on windows anymore or on doors, depending on a glitch. But if you take images from the camera, it can also collect that evidence for you to mark off or for the, uh, additional side mission quest pieces, whatever you call them. Uh, for it to count have for you. extra funding. <laughs> Correct. It's uh, definitely... I mean, it's just a... It's a photo camera. So you take pictures of what's going on. If the ghost is appearing, take a picture of the ghost. If you're doing a, a Ouija board interaction, you take a picture of that. Different things that are happening. And the I noticed um, also you can take a picture of the bones that you find that allows yes. you to collect the evidence, i.e., extra money for when you um, see a bone before you pick it up. That just solidifies, I guess, that you actually got bone evidence. Um, ghost activities. If Sometimes you take a picture and you get a ghost activity. Active usage of the photo camera, though, I've noticed is that you can take a picture of the ghost. Depending on the type of ghost, it'll disappear with the flash of the camera. Do you know which ghost that is? I can't remember. I'm trying to think of it. Shade? Maybe. Yeah, one of the ones that's shy. I think I remembered it being shade because sh and shy. Shade. Shade, 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 shade. Yeah. But then you also get extra money for collecting evidence of the ghost's image. Yes. I think it's it's used as an objective as well, but you can do it outside of that 
which isn't always beneficial to your your living status. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the last thing, as far as the the equipment that is utilized in the game, is sanity pills. So it's not necessarily a ghost hunting item. It is a a feature within the game where you start off with a hundred sanity. As soon as you go into the house, you start losing your sanity, and that is a can be affected by different ghosts that affect it more or different interactions like using the Ouija board. And the lower your sanity is, the more likely it is to hunt. So to combat that, you take sanity pills, which raise it. I'm not sure the exact number, so don't quote me on it. I've seen it raise it up anywhere. Like I think like 20, maybe 20 to 40% is like a, a decent guess for me. Yeah. A good amount. And if I did like point values, I, I've seen it go from anywhere between 10 to 25 points of sanity per pill. But that, of course, depends on where you sit as well. I think the higher your sanity, if it's above 60, the lower point value you get back from it. Versus the lower the sanity, the higher the point value. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. So that is pretty much the equipment that is utilized unless you can think of anything. I'm pretty sure I got everything that I that I know of. Yeah, I'm can just kind of I'm looking at everything just to make sure and I'm writing down the notes and timestamps and everything, so. Gotcha. So let's see. Dots, EMF, ghost mm -hmm. book, spirit box, thermometer, UV, vid camera, tripod, head mount cam, photo cam, uh, motion sensor, sound sensor, both flashlights, crucifix, glow sticks, candles, parabolic microphone. Because I'm trying to envision the shelves as well while I'm looking at oh, these. Oh, yeah. I'm looking at the van itself. Yeah, I tried to open up the the game itself. I did research today by actually opening the game mm -hmm. to, to try to remember everything. I'm pretty sure I got everything. I can't think of anything else that would be there. I feel like as I'm remembering things, the motion and the sound sensor might be one in the same, but it did have it separately listed. Yeah, they are separate. One looks like a white box, one's a green box. It used to be that. Oh, is it not? Now anymore? it's got now it's got like a a grid like uh, pattern, kind of similar to like a military. I always thought of looking... like I always thought of a trail camera, like a hunting hunter's trail. Oh, that cam. makes more sense. I think that's what it is actually for the motion that sensor. Makes more sense. Hey, this is Joker here. I just wanted to take a pause for the cause and let you know that our sponsor, Warrior X Coffee, is a South Carolina locally owned small business, and they brew everything themselves. Also, they package themselves and will send out anywhere in the continental United States as of right now. We are working with them to try to extend that reach. But again, that is WarriorAxeCoffee.com. Check them out. A portion of their proceeds go to the Gary Sinise Foundation and St. Baldwick's. So if you like coffee, hit them up. www.WarriorAxeCoffee.com Scene. Okay. 
<laughs> so we've kind of already talked about all of the different pieces of evidence and the technology that goes with it within the game mechanics itself. So I can't really go through all of the all of the different things because there's so many. In my research, I found so many different things that kind of almost do the same thing, but they're a little bit tweaked here and there. But we'll definitely go over some of the major things, especially ones that kind of translate over to the the gaming equipment. So in real life, of course, for visual, being able to see as you're walking around, because generally ghost hunting, if I'm correct, is done at nighttime. Mm-hmm. There's it not is. a lot of there's not a lot of daytime ghost hunting because for whatever reason ghosts like the dark. Well, it's not necessarily the dark itself. Um, from what I understand, the reason why they're conducted more so in the eaves or at night is the bewitching hour is what it's called. So roughly mm-hmm. the hour before and after midnight is considered uh, the be- bewitching hour. Now, if it's a place known for high activity um, of or, or uh, paranormal activities of sorts, uh, you can stretch that out anywhere between two to three hours on either side of midnight, and that would consist of the bewitching hour. So, like, if a lot of death happened in a certain area, um, if horrible deaths happened in a particular area or building, uh, you can really stretch that three to four hours sometimes of the night uh, to be considered within the bewitching hour, but typically it's roughly an hour on either side of midnight. I did not know that. That is interesting. So, of course, because it's dark, you need to be able to see. So, they have the headlamp. Headlamp? I can't say the word. Headlamp. (laughs) Which is basically just, it's something on your head that has a light on it. I mean, I don't really know how else to explain it. Head, lamp. Yeah, so um, typically, I mean, you can literally find them in any hardware store, Walmart, Kmart, or any type of other utility store. They are literally just a bungee strap that goes on your head with an adjustable LED light. Yes. That's a good way to say it. The bungee strap. I couldn't think of the right word or the material for that. And then, of course, flashlights. Flashlights are pretty much the same as they are in the game, except for there's... I guess there is different levels of strength on a flashlight. But that generally is portrayed versus the way that it is in the game. The game has the same kind of size... I would think for the flashlights where as in reality, I believe, but I mean, of course, correct me if I'm wrong, that the size of the flashlight adjusts to cover more area. So you can have a thin flashlight that will still light up things, but you can have a much bigger one in what is the right word. So um, a flood lamp is Mm -hmm. the larger like diameter Typically, a a generic flood lamp that you can get at Walmart or a hardware store that has, what, 32 to 64 LEDs that can go up to thousands of lumens pretty much are electrical suns that you can press and 
everything within its beam lights up like it's daylight nowadays. Mm-hmm. Um, but with uh, flood lamps or flashlights, I mean, of course, there used to be bulb versions, but now pretty much all you're going to find is LED variants of those same styles. So all shapes yeah. and sizes, some as big as this pin, some as big as your head. <laughs> Can you say that again? As big as big your as, head. Big as your head. <laughs> Imagine carrying around one. <laughs> you fuck off. But I'll see you next Wednesday. Of course. <laughs> and probably Saturday too. Of course. So so those are just the main light sources. Of course, the different things like the lighters can be used, UV lights, those kinds of things can be used, but that would be mostly how somebody would light their way in those scenarios and they probably wouldn't want to use a big floodlight because I feel like it defeats the purpose of yeah it defeats the purpose of doing it at night yeah Uh, speaking of being able to see they do have video cameras so in the same sense they have the portable one that you walk around with versus the setting them up in the building and of course in the game they do have like certain maps that have cameras built in already as well as you can set up numerous cameras out there but the it's usually just meant to it's not used the same way I think from my from my seeing of it is just to kind of see activity kind of monitor things that are happening and use it for night vision yeah so, and sometimes I don't I don't know if orbs are a really big thing for that as far as like seeing them floating in the camera. So, I mean, yes, they talk about them like if you watch like paranormal investigation show or taps or whatever you're into or if you see them yourself, orbs don't I mean, in real life you you kind of understand that orbs aren't necessarily um, ghosts in the sense they're not light orbs versus necessarily just dust that flies yeah, around particles of dust yeah particles of dust uh, insects they when you look through an IR or night vision camera um, they typically depending on the focal length of that camera and where it, the insect or the dust particle is they show up as orbs um, mm-hmm the orbs that typically set people off are in areas that obviously are very moist that have no um, real dust particles or insects like in caves um, where mm-hmm. insects aren't as prevalent like flying insects. Uh, that's when the consideration for orbs is a little more or a little less skeptical on what is causing it. And it's, given more towards the idea that it may be an entity of sorts. I feel like it's not used as much in the video cameras, but when people take photos of themselves when they see orbs, is that's where it's given more weight. Yeah, especially in the older photographs of film and everything when it wasn't completely known that orbs could be dust particles or could be insects Mm -hmm. on a camera but also like 
it's not really orbs as you would think about it like it shows in the game but it's more like things of mass that are obviously not dust particles or insects or bats but it's sitting there just kind of hovering and moving back and forth in a standard pattern like a human would like if it, you could see through their head that's the kind of orbs that they talk about now and more of a scientific realm of ghost hunting yeah that makes sense because it's more of a a less sporadic movement yeah so yeah i mean it's it's similar and different in the same way i i would say the next one that is i feel like is a, a much bigger difference in there uh, is going to be the temperature. So, thermo- well, the thermometer. Let me just say thermometer mm-hmm. is in the game itself. It's just kind of a temperature gauge. It tells you a, a degree of whatever. And you use it to determine where the ghost is or if it's freezing temps, that kind of thing. The thermometer is more, more used to kind of detect where the energy what does it say i think it says it's more of the energy that's being taken out of the of the room for temperature yeah so in real life i mean sorry to interrupt but you got anything else Mm -hmm. no i I have it's there'll be a second part to this oh okay (laughs) so yeah we my understanding and what I've seen is like you hear about cold spots in rooms that are set to like 60 plus degrees and then you have cold spots that where it starts and then it in paranormal TV shows or actual paranormal investigations you get people bringing temperature gauges typically your laser or spot checking areas that would just kind of localized temperature change where it shouldn't be below a certain degree, but it's a vast difference. And they take that as Mm -hmm. the entity absorbing the energy, which making it physically colder because cold without energy, there is no heat without heat. Obviously there is then cold. cold. (laughs) Yes, definitely on that one. So that was really interesting to, to read that it's more of the energy or lack of energy which is what makes the cold spot. Yeah. And, the same. Oh. Yeah. No, you're good. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, if some, like, if you feel some, a breeze brush across your neck and you get, uh, goose bumples, goose pimples, goosebumps, um, then that's like, oh, it's saying if you there's no wind, but you get that, then it's saying that a ghost touched you kind of thing. Gotcha. And then the same on the same kind of thing, the temperature is going to be. They utilize cameras. It's I believe, is the one of the things that I looked up is a thermal monocular, and I I kind of associate that with like, a binocular, which is the you know the two where you, <laughs> you, so it's the same thing. So you have the two binocular magnify. Two, two of them so, mono so instead it's like just the one, one. Um, oh look at that <laughs> all right so with the uh, thermal imaging is a real thing it is a real science and application that is used um outside of night vision and outside of 
infrared, uh, mm-hmm. which are different spectrums of light that are being taken in and processed into an image. Night vision, of course, is typically used, um, and you, what you see is that green tint to a lens mm-hmm. or to an image or video feed. That is typically your night vision, whereas Correct. IR or infrared is a whitewash in shades of gray uh, that you'll see. And um, that is a whole different light spectrum. And then you've got thermal imaging, which shows what they call a thermal map. So as things give off heat, they turn more towards the reds and oranges, whereas the less heat, the blacker it is. So yeah, it, goes it goes down it goes into to the like blues, a blue, black. purples, and blacks for the colder images. So, Correct. Yeah. And so they use those to sometimes kind of gauge where the ghost is. I know I've seen where they think they see a figure of of the ghost or to kind of show those cold spots within a room or the sudden change in temperature and then change back. Mm-hmm. And so that, they have that, yeah. That is a thing that is, that I'm aware is actively used in paranormal investigation more yes. so outside than of anything than, <laughs> than cameras. Cameras are really just there to capture ghost events like um, telekinetic movements of objects or stuff that isn't being physically pushed, moved, or touched. That's typically what they use the video cameras for in real life, whereas active investigation where you're actively trying to get um like right there on the spot stuff or evidence of an entity yes definitely yeah i've i always imagine so when i think of the therm the thermal kind of colors if you've ever seen tremors and I think it's like the second or third one where it's the ones that are like walking around and you see at some point in the movie where they have that kind of vision and they're looking around and they, they're trying to identify the humans. So that's kind of, when I think of it, I think of that. <laughs> and then outside of that, there's a something that is not within the game. It's the sound recording device, which I also, along with the thermal, I see a lot of this being used. This is going to be separate from the spirit box. So this will kind of tie into that is the sound recording, which is basically just a device that records sound. And you, of course, press record, ask questions and give time for answers. And then you walk away. And so when you walk away, you go into the van or wherever the other location is, you play it back. And it's usually meant to amplify lower or higher frequencies so that you can hear responses. So the responses are not heard while you're in the in the destination. They're heard later on through the amplification. Yes. Um, so I've actually played around with this concept um, mm-hmm. a lot. And what happens is, of course, you've got your own voice. So, like, if you watch the paranormal shows where they're doing ghost hunting or, like, ghost hunters or taps or whatever's on TV right now. Uh, by the way, taps is coming back with a uh, new series, from what I heard. they're they're actually uh, been authorized a new season. 
But with these sound recorders, it's typically just something you can go buy at Walmart, Office Max, Office Depot, um, whatever. And it's a tape recorder or digital tape recorder. And what it does is, you, like she said, you press record and it starts recording the sound that it picks up. Uh, in post or after the recording has been done, that's when they go back and keep the human audible spectrum what like what you're hearing us on right now at normal frequency and then that dead space they amplify the ohms so that it anything that's in a lower pitch or lower tone that wasn't necessarily audible to the naked ear can then be heard by humans yeah definitely that is it's one of those amplification techniques. <laughs> yep. Uh, on the on the flip side of that is the spirit box, or what they call the ghost box. I know I've heard people call it the ghost box in-game, but it's obviously called the spirit box. It is similar to what's in the game. It's the possible in-destination in communication while there is, there is in there. It, you can possibly hear responses depending on the ghost itself, but that also has the record and playback feature the same as, of course, the recording device. Yeah. Um, from what I understand, anything that I've seen in this relevance is just like what's used in the game where they use white noise and that separation, or they use... From what I've seen throughout modern ghost hunting that's been on TV, personal experience, there was a typical, what used to be used was a radio, essentially, that uh, automatically uh, just transitioned between the different frequencies uh, on the FM and AM bands, and depending on the level of activity, determined whether it was FM or AM bandwidths of radio frequencies but typically it's on the am bands as am radio is not utilized as much anymore except for emergencies or um shysty stuff let's just say shysty stuff because am radio or am bandwidths uh travel further so mm -hmm. with less resistance versus fm radio only is not necessarily a line of sight but is a line of sight frequency. So uh, they use AM bands because so, it doesn't take as much to fluctuate those bandwidths in audio in the radio spectrum. Um, so it was a box that literally automatically transitioned from the entire AM bandwidth. And when it stopped and you could hear something, it was considered the ghost talking to you directly through that frequency. Yeah, I don't know how I would feel in real life if it talked to me. Because <laughs> in the game, it freaks me out just enough. I turn the turn the spirit box off immediately, and I run. I'm like, mm, I'm going to go stand outside. <laughs> but yeah, and nowadays, uh, what I have seen as far as the television shows or hearing from friends that do this kind of thing for recreational purposes, 
Uh, it is more of a static box or uses static noise or what they call dead noise or what is it? Um, white noise. White noise. Thank you. And mm -hmm. that break in that static, that consistent static is what's considered, hey, they're trying to communicate. And then that's when you would go through and pull out the recorder. And then you have also that static pulser. I can't remember what they call it in uh, some of the things, but it it's a similar thing, but also the audio recorder at the same time, uh, where it pulses out like real, like you hear it being real loud. Well, it's an amplified ambient noise that's pulsating, so it's it's like white noise or the spirit box in a sense, but all it is is actively taking in the ambient noise around you and then pushing it back out. Hmm. Interesting. I would like to do this one day. One <laughs> Definitely. day. One day. Uh, I'm going to quickly kind of go over EMF. That one's a pretty standard. That's pretty much exactly the same as what it is in, in the game. Obviously, we're not going to use it going up to five as thinking of evidence, but definitely it's used to notate some sort of ghost activity. It's pretty self-explanatory. Game pretty much is the same from what I've read, unless you have anything different that you've researched. No, um, EMF is, is just that, electromagnetic frequencies, and the higher the frequency, the higher the ping that you get on a true EMF reader, so... Kind of in the same realm of the temperature, like the cam the thermal cameras or using thermometers within an area. They say as the energy goes down, the EMF or the electromagnetic energy is like right before the energy gets sucked out of that spot, it just kind of explodes in a sense that they've shown up. That's what mm -hmm. I understand it to be for real life stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely the EMF is pretty much the same as in the game. The The last thing that I kind of have at this point, unless you have anything to add outside of this, is the laser grid system. So it is pretty much dots, as in the game, where, where it has the lasers in a grid. <laughs> but, and it... But it has a little bit more to it than than dots has in there. So dots is definitely a a one feature type of evidence, whereas laser grid system, it is used to detect movement, how far it is, the direction it's coming from, temperature, and a couple of other things that it's it does a lot more with it. So it's more of a catch-all kind of thing, more of a directional, locational kind of system. Yeah, and if I remember correctly from what I saw with the real-life scenario of laser grid, um, it is actually multiple boxes that disperse a light show, basically, a laser light show controlled on a particular area of a room or a building and they're intersecting so unlike the dots in the game where it's just a box and it pushes out laser lights or dots that it projects on the 
opposite walls. And in the game, it shows you a full silhouette that is completely outlined of the ghost. Whereas IRL practicality, that wouldn't necessarily happen. What would happen if you did only one source of lasers that may not be, the beam itself may not necessarily be um, visible to the naked eye. If something crossed in front of that beams, whether it be a human body or a an entity, it would break the beam and therefore the projection on the opposite wall would not be seen uh, from a certain set of lights. So using multiple angles and multiple laser sources that intersect, you can then get a better idea of what it looks like by the surfaces that the lights are projecting on and kind of drawing a 3D map from multiple two-dimensional um, breaks in the grid on the opposite walls. So. Yeah, that one's definitely interesting. I can't, I can't imagine. There are so many other things that are within the realm of ghost hunting that either do the same thing or kind of a multitude of the different, I guess, evidence-seeking materials. There's, I saw a teddy bear that talks to the ghost and gets oh, responses. So that, I saw that, that would too. freak me out. That would freak me out, definitely. Just having it because the teddy bears in the game freak me out because they're kind of weird looking. But to imagine that, that would just be too much for me. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I don't know how true that would be. The only way I could see that being a thing is if it was kind of like a ghost box or uh, because there are I forgot to mention there are also ghost boxes that use frequencies. And once a certain frequency is interrupted, it then translates in the programming of this box to say a particular set of words or phrases. So it's like once the ghost figures out what frequency controls what words to get a reaction out of you, then after some training, basically, you can actually hold a conversation if you give the program enough responses over the AM bandwidth to uh, respond with. So that's that's if that's what <laughs> I, if that's what the teddy bear is, then that's pretty cool. However, yeah. I think it's just a static ghost box stuck inside a teddy bear. Yeah, I think that would be more of like a, a gimmick type situation. <laughs> yeah, most of that shit in that on that <clears throat> website was a fucking gimmick. Yeah, there was definitely the major stuff, and then then the little things here and there. Now, uh, real quick, talking about locations to go ghost hunting, um, I actually went to. Uh, Savannah, Georgia is considered one of the most haunted cities in the Southeast. Yeah, I've um, been there. Outside of a few other places scattered around the countryside, even here in South Carolina, there's an area um, that is known to have a large activity of extraterrestrial, well, not extraterrestrial, but uh, paranormal activity located in a small area. Um, but Savannah, Georgia is, is an interesting one because if you go through historic Savannah, it is mostly cobblestone roads and mm -hmm. old antique buildings 
um, yes. built in the 18, 1900s, like in the early set. Well, actually, some of it was like 16, 1700s during the original, um, like colonial like times, and then some. Most of it was uh, 17, 18, and 1900s built. Well, in the late 18, early 1900s, there was a plague that swept through Savannah in the south, southern Georgian por- Georgia portion, and most of the people died. Like right. a large portion of the population died and were buried two to three feet under the surface. Correct. Of the yes. city. Like there are people being dug, bones being dug up from alleyways when they were putting down line, like electrical lines mm-hmm. and sewage lines. Um, hotels, houses, like there is one centerpiece in a courtyard in Savannah that is known to have a very high paranormal uh, activity rate for females because of the type of entity that was living there. Um, an old I hospital. This. I did actually go on a ghost tour there. Yeah. Um, and I've, I personally have seen some of these entities now, whether they were gimmick projections or real, it felt fucking real when I looked at some of these. Yeah. Um, it, it's a gimmick as far as a ghost tour, but the, some of the places that they take you are, they give you weird vibes when you, yeah. like the hospital, the old hospital yeah. that the plague was, um, where plague patients were treated. And of course it's now damn near run down to the point of collapsing in on itself. But I think oh just about God. everywhere in Savannah is that way. Oh yeah. Savannah, the, Georgia remember, night is yeah. fucking creepy. Yeah, there's definitely within Savannah, I believe I remember on the tour, they said, while well, you stated like everybody was built or uh, buried two to two to three feet under, they actually built a lot of their buildings and houses on top of grave sites. Oh, yes, absolutely. The, Savannah is literally built on top of their dead. Like, you could look at the history of Paris and talk about the catacombs and everything else. They have nothing on Savannah, Georgia. Yes, Savannah is a interesting place. It's not too far from here. Well, maybe we'll have to meet up there and do a ghost tour. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that would be a fun thing. Yeah, absolutely. I would love hunting. to do that again. I would love to go through oh, yeah. Savannah um, the during the ghost tours and, yeah. Yes. Oh. Ghost tours and <laughs> so Atari says she's gonna come down and be our camera person. Oh yeah, come on out. Even I though she love said that. she'd never come to the uh, to the south. Well, it sounds like she's gonna come on out and and we'll have to do an IRL stream for that one. It won't be a podcast; it'll just be us doing ghost hunting. Yeah, <laughs> that would be a fun one. All right. So I think we've I think, covered just about everything. Yeah, I don't think. And I thank you for listening and or watching today. Be sure to follow us live on camera at twitch.tv slash the madhouse podcast. We are live every Wednesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You can also follow us through our Red Circle podcast distribution, which goes to Google Podcasts, Spotify and Radio Public. 
make sure that you search for Madhouse Presents Group Therapy. If you can like, subscribe, and leave reviews to help us kind of grow, we would love to hear more information from you. Twitter updates are through the handle the underscore M underscore H underscore podcast. Any sort of resources that we use will be added to our show notes, of course. We want to say thank you to our current sponsor, Warrior Axe Coffee. It's a local veteran-owned and operated coffee company. They go ahead and do some of their proceeds, or most of their proceeds, not most, proceeds from their sale of coffee to the Gary Sinus Foundation to benefit veterans. But sign okay, you wanna you wanna do that part? <laughs> okay, so Warrior Axe Coffee, they are local to South Carolina that is veteran owned and operated by a family of veterans. The husband is prior law enforcement and uh veteran along with his wife, who is currently active in the Air Force. They use uh local techniques and personal techniques to roast, grind, and sell whole beans they package them themselves in one pound containers and ship them out if you are close enough they'll hand deliver them uh but they we do not ask for any codes or discounts from them due to the fact that uh percentages of the proceeds or uh, profits that they make go to two foundations one is the gary sinise foundation which is for veterans uh disabled or dysfunctional veterans and helping them get help they need. Also for the cancer side of things, they uh, distribute some of their funding to the St. Baldwick's Foundation, which is for cancer research and cancer treatment patients to help on the funding side of that. You can find the information through warrioraxcoffee.com and place your order there as well. Also, just so you're aware, uh, joining us here on the live recordings every Wednesday at 9 p.m., you get a sneak peek at the next week's episode. I do not put that in the audio version. So to know what we talk about next week, come to the live recordings. Uh, Otherwise, you'll just have to figure it out when you come to the next recording. But we do uh, at least plan out one week in advance now to kind of help us during our work week. Me so much more so than uh, Al's because I don't have the opportunity all the time to think about podcast episodes. Yeah, that's that's what's going on here. But guys, (laughs) thank you again. I appreciate all of you, the entire Madhouse community and their extensions um thank you owl or not well yes actually first off thank you owls for thank me (laughs) i promise for those listening in audio land she is not that conceited no i'm absolutely not not. most you're gonna keep that in post okay got it hey i'm keeping that (laughs) um but no, thank you, Owls, because I was thinking about doing a podcast for the longest time. I just didn't know exactly what I was going to do it on. Originally, I was going to talk about mental health um, strictly and trying to help Which people. Which we can do. Which we, we can, can do, do absolutely. Um, but I just never pulled that trigger. But then Owls 
in probably what we're assuming is a drunken, hey, let's do it. 100%. And, 100% on Slosh Saturday. I and, was like, yeah, I'll fucking do it with you. But yeah, it was. It started out as a joke and a pun towards me because I have the podcast announcer voice. Why not do a podcast? And I right. said on a Slosh Saturday, I was like, all right, I'll do it. But you're doing it with me. It's like, yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. And, and here we are. And here we are doing a <laughs> fucking podcast for real. Like, I never would have thought this happened would have happened. No. But I also want to thank Atari for being our first Red Circle sponsor. Oh, so, look at her go. Thank you, Atari. Oh, yeah. And uh, yeah, you can go check out our gaming channels. We mostly game. We don't do much of anything else other than act a fool and be stupid. <laughs> So, yeah, there's that. Yeah. I was going to say something else, but no, I agree. <laughs> you can find Joker on his individual streams at, of course, twitch.tv slash NLMP, which stands for No Laughing Matter Productions. Oh, you remembered. I do, I remembered. My sh my schnookums. Schnookums, schmookums, schmookums. Shnookum, shnookum, shnookum. Oh my god, now I want to replace your, your sound on my channel to that, that kid that does the schnookum, schnookum, schnookum sound. You can do it as a separate one. I can have two. Okay. <laughs> It'll be like owls two. Yeah, you'll either uh, get you'll either get uh, corpse husbands, e-girls ruin my life, or schnookum, 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 schnookum. Schnookum, schnookum, schnookum. <laughs> Uh, speaking of Twitch channels, mine is twitch.tv slash owls are a hoot 92. Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that's getting edited in post. Oh yeah, for sure. It's going to be every time. I believe that is at the end of our line. Thank you everybody for hanging out with us here on the Twitch channel. I can't wait to see you all either on our individual Twitch channels or or next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time.